This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the Herd. It's me, Jason McIntyre, back in the driver's seat for Colin Cowherd. I'm flying solo today, ladies and gentlemen. Cowherd, well, you know, we took vacation in the recent week, and uh, let's just say he had some travel issues, so he could not make it back from Iceland. I don't know what that means, but they called an audible this morning. I got the call from the bullpen. J-Mac, come on out. Fire some more takes. So here I am. Uh, I did host a Saturday morning radio show on Fox Sports Radio for six years, three hours by myself. So I think I could probably handle this uh, heavy lift from the staff this morning needed. But, yeah, when you saw that NBA Finals game last night, holy cow, what a disaster that was for the league. Listen, I love the NBA as much as anybody, but let's be realistic. That was a nightmare scenario for the NBA last night. The Denver Nuggets don't even play their best game. And they dominate and win by 11. Now, the spread was nine, nine and a half. I told you guys yesterday on the show, you had to hammer the Nuggets. A lot of game one evidence points to that after a seven-game series, and Denver dominated. The second half, they led by as many as 24 points, just an evisceration of the Miami Heat. It kind of left you wondering, can Miami win one, much less two games in this series? And I think it all stems really back to uh, the man in the middle, Nikola Jokic. He was utterly dominant. That's the only word you could use to describe the doughy 6'10 European who was just uh, flashing brilliance left and right against Miami. They had no answers. And, you know, in the morning meeting with the staff, I kept saying, like, you know, Jokic is just so dominant out there. You can't stop him. Denver's now 13-3 and in the postseason. They look like, not like an all-time great team, but certainly the best team in the league. And it all runs around Mr. Jokic. And what makes him so special, I believe, is that he is as dominant as Shaquille O'Neal was. Not, not, not the best big man since Shaq, but as dominant as Shaq. Now, they dominate in different ways. Shaq just overpowered you. Back to the basket. I'm going to dunk. Everybody knows the famous dunk on Chris Dudley where he dunked on him, just shoves him to the ground. That was Shaq's dominance and overpowering uh, anybody in the game, really. Jokic is different. He is... Kind of like a Jason Bourne out there, crafty. He's going to point out your weakness. He's going to hold the ball 
and he's going to pass. I mean, folks, if you want to be bleak for the Miami Heat, they were trailing by 17 points at halftime, and Mr. Jokic had taken three shots. That's it. Like, he doesn't have to score to kill you. He's really an evolved big man, a kind of guy who can step out and hit the three. Hey, we're going to sag back on Jokic. Let's see if he can shoot. Yeah, he can bang threes. Uh, We're going to double-team Jokic. That's fine. He's a great passer. The vision, I think Colin has compared him to Arvidas Sabonis, one of the best passing big men ever. And Tracy McGrady uh, was on a Showtime podcast, What's Burning? And listen to what he said about the great Nikola Jokic. Let me tell y'all something. (laughs) This dude is so good, man. Straight up. Like, I haven't seen anything like him. Where he passes, you got a seven foot seven one center bringing up the ball, initiating the offense. The passes that he makes from one side of the court to the mm-hmm. other on time and on target. Mm-hmm. The bounce passes in between defenses. You can't guard him on the post because he's too big. He can't jump over a dollar bill. <laughs> he rebounds. He is amazing. Yeah, T-Mac, my guy, huge fan of Tracy McGrady back in the day. And listening to him gas up Jokic, again, uh, we're talking about a guy who can dominate. Now, offensively, he dominates. Defensively, he's not doing much. Shaq obviously was a great defender. And I know 90s basketball fans will say, oh, Shaq was a better defender. He was a better player. Are you sure about that, guys? You watch Jokic in this offense. He had 27, 14, and 10, made it look easy. And he didn't even play his A-plus game. Again, we're talking about a guy who is unguardable. At one point, the Heat said, you know, we're going to bring Cody Zeller off the bench. We're going to try him on Jokic just to give him a different look. Jokic took him from the uh, perimeter, drove to the lane, literally went through him for the layup and and one. And Jokic is the kind of guy, he doesn't have to dunk to dominate you. I don't even know if he's had five dunks in the postseason, but he makes it look easy. And one of the problems, I know, I know it's weird to say this is a problem, for the league is that, uh, and I got a great quote from the movies, audiences love flamboyant people who broke all the rules and paid dearly for it. Obviously, like a Robert Downey Jr. comes to mind. But the first half of that quote, audiences love flamboyant people, really applies to a lot of NBA players. We've got showmen, right? I mean, Magic Johnson, one of my favorite players. Magic and Patrick Ewing were my favorite players growing up. They were extremely flamboyant. Ewing's thunderous dunks in Madison Square Garden, pointing at people, shot blocking, letting them know. Magic Johnson with the passing. Listen, I know Larry Bird was a silent assassin and was a legendary trash talker, but he was flamboyant in his own ways. Isaiah Thomas, the great point guard. These 80s and 90s players were ultra flamboyant. Obviously, we got to mention the great Michael Jordan and what he could do, uh, the shrug against the Portland Trailblazers. Like Audiences love the flamboyant players. And if you look in the modern era right now, Kyrie Irving's not a great basketball player. We know he's a talented one, but he is extremely flamboyant with his layups, his finishing at the rim. You know, this guy, the audiences love the Kyrie Irvings of the world. Steph Curry's hitting from three with the shoulder shrug. They love that. The NBA's best player right now is Nikola Jokic, who is not flamboyant at all. And I, I say that's a problem for the league because how, how do you market this guy? Like, he's great to watch. I love him. But we know what the audience likes. You know, the casual fans. They love dunks. They love passes. The deep threes. They like the trash talk. I love that stuff. Jokic is just a killer. He is literally unstoppable. I mean, the Miami Heat said, hey, we need a great series from Bam Adebayo. Hell, we'll take a great game 
from Bam Adebayo, their center who has been all NBA in his career. Bam Adebayo, when the Heat, when Bam Adebayo scores 20 points, the Heat had been 6-0 and this postseason. They're like, we know what Jimmy Butler's going to give us. One of the other guys, one of the undrafted dudes, he's going to deliver. If we can get Bam 20 points, can't lose. Bam Adebayo had his best game of the playoffs, best career playoff game with 26 points, and I guess smashed by Denver, and it was never close. Not for a moment. Don't tell me it was close when they, they, got, they cut it to nine. It was never close for a moment in the second half. So you get everything you want from Bam Adebayo. He had no chance defending Jokic, and you have no chance in the game. Folks, I, I don't want to sound too bleak for the league. I don't want to sound too bleak for the Miami Heat fans. I know we've got some at this network. Shout out to Joy Taylor. But I, I'm just I'm looking at the numbers here, and Denver has won 11 of the last 13 against the Heat. Miami has not beaten Denver since the bubble. Nikola Jokic literally owns his team. By the way, here we go on FS1 with the Cody Zeller highlight. That was the one minute Cody Zeller got in the game. Go look at the box score. Came in for one minute and Jokic just attacked him. Said, send that kid back to the bench. And Cody Zeller, awesome college basketball player. But I, I look at this number. Miami shot 33% from deep. And ordinarily, you're like, oh, well, they made 13 threes. That's not bad. Folks, a lot of garbage time baked into that. First half... When Denver raced to that 17-point lead, Miami was 4 of 17 on three-pointers. You cannot do that. And I know we we talked about Caleb Martin and the emergence that he had against Boston where he was arguably their, their best player with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Caleb Martin, a little uh, regression to the mean there. Uh, Caleb Martin, 1 for 7 last night. Max Struess, the immortal Max Struess, undrafted, can hit five threes any night of the week, 0 for 10. Duncan Robinson came in, couldn't, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. It was a brutal night shooting, and, and that's what Miami fans are going to see. Hey, hey, Jokic got his triple-double, but we've still got our guys. They're going to make shots. Guys, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. This is who the Miami Heat are. This is what they were in the regular season, the 27th best three-point shooting team in the league. Just because they had a you know, four-week out-of-body experience in the playoffs where they took down the Bucks with three-point shooting and Jimmy Buckets, and then they were able to beat the Celtics with just otherworldly shooting from the perimeter. Like, that's not who they are. This is who they are. And they have no answer whatsoever for Jokic. They even tried the zone, and they had a brief 11-0 run in the fourth quarter that I think cut the 21-point lead to 10 and, you know, the announcers, if you were listening, you were like, oh, oh, maybe they can make this interesting. They were begging for a close game. And then as soon as it gets remotely close, here's Jokic on the elbow. Dish, Aaron Gordon, dunk. Here's Jokic, pick and roll with Murray, automatic. I'm just saying, like, I know we gas up uh, Giannis Atenacumpo as the greatest player in the league. We talk, uh, Cowherd loves his Kevin Durant. Uh, obviously, we have LeBron James. Anthony Davis. You guys remember when Cowherd had Anthony Davis as the number one player in the playoffs at one point? Like, let's be realistic. If you're starting a team in the NBA right now, you look at the age, you look at how he dominates, who are you taking over Jokic? I, I don't know how you make, make the case for anyone. Listen, remember, Shaq, who is really the most comparison to Jokic because of their dominance, Shaq could not make free throws. He was like 50, 52% for most of his career. Even Giannis against Miami, he was hot potatoing the ball around because he couldn't shoot free throws. I think he missed 17 free throws in that deciding game. Tell me the weakness of Nikola Jokic. Other than maybe he's not flamboyant enough, he's not a great interview. I mean, we're talking about a historically great center, folks, and I don't think the Miami Heat have any answers for him. 
And I know the league has their issues. We'll get to John Morant later in the show. Uh, we got we got some fun James Harden stuff coming up. But you want to celebrate Jokic. And the problem I see is it's a tough sell in the league for an unflamboyant guy who is utterly dominant. Even we've seen Patrick Mahomes go from like quiet, shy guy to he's got some personality. They brought it out of him. Josh Allen's still a little uh, reluctant. Joe Burrow's got his sly sense of humor. I want to see a little more from Jokic on the personality front. Really market him to the league because, folks, he ain't going anywhere. And neither are the Denver Nuggets. All right, first First segment in the books. I think I survived so far. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Back here on The Herd, Jason McIntyre in for Colin. Collins should have been in today, but had a travel snafu, if you will. He'll be back on Monday. Um, I don't want to tease it too much, but we have a couple great guests coming up. Eddie House will be here. Chris Broussard, my guy. Maybe we'll be, do some sparring later in the show. Um, and yes, we will get to John ja Morant. A lot of NFL coming up, too. I'm actually going to give you my favorite five bets in week one. Yes, I uh, go to Vegas every summer. I enter the season-long gambling contest 
and I'll be dropping uh, some wagers. So uh, week one bets coming up. But first, um, I want to go back to the NBA. There was an interesting coaching move this week in the league. And Nick Nurse accepted the job in Philadelphia. And as a preamble to where I'm going with this, I, I used this quote, I think, two times ago when I hosted the show. I heard it from a philosopher on a podcast a couple years ago, and I'm trying to instill it in my life. It's hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. And, you know, you know, you don't have to think too hard about this one. If you make the hard choices, right? I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to stay in shape. Even though I don't want to, man, it's a long day at work. I'm going to make that hard choice to go to the gym. And I'm going to make that hard choice to eat right and diet. And, you know, I'm going to put away that pizza, speaking as a pizza lover. I'm not going to eat pizza. I'm going to eat the vegetables. You know, make these hard choices. I know that doesn't sound hard, but trust me, it's hard to say, you know what? Gone out enough times this month. I'm going to dial it back. I want to be productive tomorrow. You make these hard choices to stay in, uh, avoid some of these vices. You're going to have an easier life. You're going to, uh, chances are you're going to have a longer productive life. And the opposite is also true. You make the easy choices. I'll take an extra, uh, I take an extra beverage, adult beverage that is. Stay out till 3, 4 a.m. playing video games and gallivanting. Listen, we all were in our 20s. We all made these choices. Life's going to get hard on you pretty quickly. And the Philadelphia 76ers, through their last two coaches, have made the easy choices. They got players' coaches. Brown and then Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers especially is a players' coach. I want the players to run things. It's a players' league. Doc Rivers, of course, was a player. Players love playing for Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has not won a whole hell of a lot since that Boston title, what, 15 years ago or whatever it was. Doc Rivers is known for some massive playoff flameouts. Blown three 3-1 leads. Blew a 3-2 lead this year against Boston with Game 6 at home. And they got their doors blown off in Game 7. So the Sixers have been going with the easy choices, players, coaches. And finally, Daryl Morey has said, I've had enough. He made the hard choice. And they went with Nick Nurse as their new head coach. Now, you know, hardcore NBA fans know Nick Nurse well from Toronto. He... Won a championship. I call it, I've called it for years, the luckiest NBA title ever because, of course, you know, they beat the Sixers on that fluky Kawhi Leonard three from the corner. And then, of course, Kevin Durant plays 11 minutes in the entire series, the finals. Clay goes down. That was a lucky title, but Nick Nurse won the championship. You <laughs> can't take it away from him. And Nick Nurse is known as a grinder. He is going to hold his players accountable. He's going to work them hard. All those adjectives that describe hard work, grit, resilience. That's what Nick Nurse demands from his players. He had a lot of success with the wings. Remember, they got OG Ananobi. They, had, uh, they drafted Scotty Barnes. They liked length on the perimeter. That was mostly during the, uh, the Curry years where they looked like you, you had to be um, flexible and be able to switch everything on the perimeter so you needed long wings. He's out with that now. He's going to Philadelphia where the players have kind of run amok. Joel Embiid, I wouldn't say he's the most in-shape center in the league. He won MVP. Obviously, he was very good this year. Take nothing away from Joel Embiid. But I think we can all agree the training habits. Now, some of that is attributed to his uh, injury history. But the training habits for Embiid, he was, uh, the guy was out of shape a lot. A lot. And we know James Harden, who is a very prolific basketball player. He's also a very prolific partier. I mean, there are jokes about strip clubs that have his roster, his uh, jersey in the, in the rooftop. 
uh, at some of these uh, jiggle joints in Houston. Like, he is noted for going out and spending time after hours, living it up, and, and enjoy it, dude. You're a multimillionaire uh, in the prime of your life, hanging out with rappers left and right. Like, I can't, I can't blame Harden for that. But if nobody's holding him accountable, well, there's going to be a limit on his greatness, right? I mean, I mean, you could count the playoff flameouts for James Harden. Uh, you're going to need two hands for that one. He had many in Houston. It was a memorable one against the Spurs. Oh, my God. It was, it was one of the worst ones I've ever seen. Um, he did deliver against Boston twice with two late threes, two huge wins. And then what, where was he in game six and seven? Like, just no show. That, that's the history of James Harden. Here today, gone tomorrow. And, of course, Nick Nurse was introduced this week as a Sixers coach. So what do you think the tough Philadelphia media did? Well, they, they kind of grilled him. So here's Nick Nurse being pressed about James Harden in Philly this week. Do you want James Harden back? James Harden's a great player. That yep. didn't answer the question. Well, I would say this is that um, uh, James has a decision to make. And um, I'd be very happy if he came back. <laughs> not exactly a resounding vote of confidence. I mean, he's saying what he has to say. He's not saying it with a smile on his face. Listen, I'm no body language expert, but he's like slouched and kind of dodgy. I don't know. If, if I'm James Harden, I watch that. And, you know, there were rumors. I, I think it was Sham Sharania had reported that um, – James Harden wanted Doc Rivers gone, and so the Sixers capitulated, thinking they'll keep Harden, and now they bring in Nick Nurse, and here's how Nick Nurse addresses the Harden stuff. Listen, I'm not trying to knock Harden. I'm not trying to slam and beat. Two great basketball players from this generation. Yeah, You guys might forget this, but like five years ago, people were talking about James Harden as the best scorer since Michael Jordan. He was doing some crazy stuff out there. He was an unbelievable offensive threat. But he always kind of had those letdowns. And now you've got a player who needs to be held accountable by his coach. And folks, my takeaway from the Nick Nurse edition and James Harden's history, again, history doesn't always repeat itself, but it often rhymes. I would guess James Harden is probably on his way out in Philadelphia. And maybe Daryl Morey and Nick Nurse say, hey, this is what needs to happen for us to get better. Maybe we take one step back to take two steps forward. We get rid of guys who don't want to grind, don't want to be held accountable, and we bring in guys that are going to be tough and resemble our city. You know, Philadelphia is a tough city. Uh, I lived outside of Philly for about seven years um, with the wife and kids, and we didn't go into Philly a ton. We still were kind of New York kids. We lived together in New York, so we would go to New York more often than Philly. But Philly is, as a sports fan, as good as it gets. I mean, it, they are tough. They're, they hold you accountable. Uh, you look at Ben Simmons, and they loved Ben Simmons when they drafted him. Love Ben Simmons. Big fan of his. Uh, I am as well. Kind of reminded me of Magic Johnson at times with his passing and his vision and his triple doubles. Um, ben Simmons was an all-NBA player. We forget. And he had that moment against the Atlanta Hawks where he drove in game seven and made the pass instead of the layup because he was afraid of being fouled. And Philadelphia fans never forgave him. They drove him out of that city. Uh, someone in our morning meeting joked that Philadelphia fans cracked Ben Simmons like the Liberty Bell. And that couldn't be more spot on because Simmons never recovered from that. He 
instantly was like, I'm done here. I want out. He didn't get a vote of confidence from his teammate or his coach, Embiid and Rivers at the time. And it was just one of those moments where you're like, wow, Ben Simmons is not going to happen. Now, he, remember, he eventually came back to practice, and I'll never forget this. He had a phone in his pocket at practice. That's how checked out he was. He didn't want to be there. And, you know, images from the practice, you could see the phone lit up like he was on it. It wasn't just in his pocket, but he had been on it. And it was just like, man, they, they got in his head. And Philadelphia, listen, the city of Rocky Balboa. Um, I'm not going to make jokes about uh, batteries in Santa Claus. But listen, Philadelphia fans are very demanding. And they want a lot. I think I think Nick Nurse fits Philadelphia perfectly. I don't know that James Harden does. And I think Philadelphia's got a really interesting offseason. If you're ranking the teams the most interesting, Philadelphia's got to be top three, right? I mean, I think the Lakers are certainly up there. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason in Philadelphia. All right, coming up next, we got a great guest, Eddie House, joining the herd. Let's bring in Eddie House on the Cowherd Global Network. How you doing, Eddie? What's up? How you doing, man? I'm excellent, man. I like your shirt. We're kind of matching today. Nice, nice. Um, listen, man. Great I, minds I, think alike, bro. I, I know you're a big uh, Boston Celtics guy. They, everybody asks you about it. We're going to start. We'll get to the finals in a moment. But I need to open up asking you quickly about the Celtics and that Game 7 uh, I know Jalen Brown struggled. Tatum had the injured ankle, but I'm just curious your overarching thoughts on Game Seven, and then how Brad Stevens instantly handled the Missoula situation, as well as the Jalen Brown talk. Well, it's one word: embarrassing for uh, the the Celtics. Uh, the performance they put on out there, the way they played, um, it was embarrassing. And not not only that, you know, the the crowd started booing. It was it it was it was just totally embarrassing because. In the game seven, the crowd was ready to erupt. I, yeah, history was on the line either way. And, uh, you know, they happened to be on the wrong side of it. But it's just the the, the passion that they played with in, in that game seven. I felt like it was a, a lackluster effort. And it was something that they had been dealing with all season long. It was an up and down roller coaster. Sometimes you'll get a great team that's engaged defensively, moving the ball, attacking the ball on the offensive end. And then some games you get a team that just – plays five out and passes the ball around on the perimeter, misses a lot of threes, and doesn't have the same uh, effort on the defensive end that it takes to win games. So uh, I would say that it was overall just that game seven was embarrassing. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Missoula? Do you think he did enough to save his job? down When he was down 3-0, everybody thought he was getting fired. Then they win three. I don't know how much of it was about him versus just the Celtics kind of waking up, but uh, you think they should have brought him back? Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, you get somebody else now. Somebody else has to install their philosophies. This team already, he was a part of the team last year that went to the finals. So he already understood what this team could do, their capabilities. He doesn't have to learn these guys. He knows those guys. Uh, I think uh, Brad Stevens doing it right now, you know, getting this out the way. That way there's no, no rumor swirling in the air. You're not taking this all the way into the NBA draft. You're not taking this all the way into – free agency, you're not taking this all the way, you know, summer league and stuff like that. You get it over with right now. And I think the most important thing that Brad Stevens did was make it clear that Joe's our guy and moving forward, the the task is to find somebody that's experienced to get him experienced coach or uh, experienced assistant coaches. So I think that's the way to go. Joe's a young guy and people give up on youngsters so fast. And so it was his first year. Think about where he got thrown into the fire. Three days before media day, he's named the coach. So he doesn't really have a training camp to get down with the team or anything like that. 
first time ever being a head coach, come from sitting in the in the back row to sitting in the main seat and just learning how to micromanage not only egos, but also the game, understanding when and when not to use timeouts. I thought he got better over the year, over the season at that. So I'm, I'm not uh, surprised that Brad Steven came out and did this, but I'm happy that they got it over with. And now that could be behind them. Uh, Eddie House, former NBA world champ with the Celtics. So, Eddie, I've known you for a while. We've done radio together, TV. And I still think my favorite question to you was about that LeBron performance against the Mavs in the finals. Uh, Just super mysterious. He just didn't really show up. I look at last night's finals game. uh, Nuggets roll. They lead by 24, double digits, entire half. I thought it was a cakewalk. I'm just curious, mm-hmm. your mindset, when you, you think back to when you were in that Miami locker room when LeBron was like, you know, could, could not solve Dallas, was struggling against Berea. Like, if you're in that Miami locker room after game one and you just saw what Jokic did, just totally unstoppable, what's the mindset of the Miami players after, after watching what he did to them and knowing that he's beaten you 11 of the 13 times you played? I think we've got to take a hard look at saying, hey, we might just have to let him go off. He could get 50. We can't allow him to have uh, 15 assists. And and it's going to be hard to keep him off the glass because he's a big body. He just understands uh, angles. He understands positioning. And he always gets he's always around the rim. And he, he just has so much size and he's so skilled. So I think you have to. You have to pick your poison with him. Uh, you don't want the other guys to get off. And I thought last night everybody had a field day for for Denver. And, and I think the problem with the Heat and this this series so far in game one, and it was kind of something that I was thinking about anyway, is Denver plays so fast. And I'm not sure if Miami can keep up with that pace. Um, and, you know, it's just one game. You don't want to overreact for one game. But you do see right there you can't get backdoor cut. Looking at Jokic, you got to stay home. You got to be focused. Uh, there needs to be another guy over there tagging. Uh, you can't miss assignments with him. If you miss assignments, you're not paying attention to your defensive principles and staying disciplined on the defensive end. You'll get back cut. You'll get dribble handoff. You know, they'll uh, play the pick and pop game, pick and roll game, and you'll be a count late. So you got to try to be a step ahead of them defensively and get a little bit more physical with the guys on the outside. Jokic, you could try to get physical with him, but he's strong. He has great footwork, uh, and he can get a shot off on anybody, but it's the other guys. You know, that's the real focus is to try to focus on trying to take the other guys out. Don't let Murray get so comfortable, which he's been playing phenomenal basketball. Can't allow him to get comfortable. Michael Porter Jr., keep him off the glass. Can't allow him to get comfortable. Bruce Brown, Jeff Gr- all those guys that are coming in that are contributing, you got to make sure that you kind of turn their water off or, or slow it down a little bit. Um, I, I just want to point out, you know, I said at the outset of the show that Jokic is as dominating as Shaq was, just in a different way. Now, I haven't gone on social media to see what the rabble-rousers are going to say, but again, I know Shaq was dominant at both ends, Eddie, and you're going to want to yell at me, and Shaq was dunking on people and blocking shots, but again, Jokic against Anthony Davis, who was the best defensive player in the league, arguably, in the playoffs. He had 34-21-14 and 14 in that game one, and in game four, he ended up with 30 and 14 and 13. Like, I don't want to say he's unstoppable, but because of the passing and the shooting ability, he's pretty damn unstoppable. Do you think he's as dominant as Shaquille O'Neal was? Well, when you say dominant, yeah, he was as dominant because he was dominating games, right? There was nothing that you could really do. And you could dominate in different ways. Michael Jordan was dominant, but he didn't dominate how 
Shaq dominated games, and Jokic is doing it a different way than both of those guys. He's doing it passing, rebounding, and scoring. He's definitely do- he's definitely dominated these playoffs. I don't know if there hasn't been a better player throughout these playoffs. Everybody's been talking about Jimmy Butler, who has had been playing great, but he's had some games where he has some some low numbers. Where Jokic, his numbers are always is consistent. It's the same, and the fact that your center is the guy that's spearheading your offense is totally different from the way that you know we grew up, where the center was a guy you would throw the ball into, and if he was going, you're going to run the offense through him through the post. Well, they're running it through. He's bringing it up the court. He's catching it at the pinch post. He's catching it at the elbow. He's catching it at the nail. So he's doing it in so many different ways. What I just explained right there is dominant. So, yeah, he's just dominant, but in a different way. Hey, uh, I got to give a shout-out to my guy, Jamal Murray. It's almost like he's an unsung Mm -hmm. hero. Eddie, one of the craziest stats I've seen is that he's never been an all-star. He's like a 16-point-a-game guy in his career in the regular season. And in the playoffs, it's like 25. And last night, he's just making effortless shot after effortless shot. All the shine goes to Devin Booker. I don't know, man. I think Jamal Murray is really one of the better shooting guards, point guards, whatever you want to call him, in the league. And and it's like Jokic is so good that it's almost like Murray is underrated, if that's even possible. Well, I mean, if, if somebody's not watching basketball, they might consider him being underrated. But if you understand the game and exactly what they do, without Jamal Murray, Denver Nuggets aren't the same basketball team. You need Jamal Murray out there. He's that second guy. He's a guy that him and Jokic, when they go and pick and roll, it's, that right there is damn near unstoppable because you don't know what to do. Right there, Bam is in a drop coverage. He doesn't want to leave Jokic because Jokic can shoot. Murray ends up getting to the floater. Um and then Murray has his one-on-one game. So he can do it in the pick and roll, and he could also do it, you know, ISO basketball. If you need a guy to go get a shot, he goes get it. And uh, to your point about him never being an all-star, well, you said the numbers. In the regular season, 16 points. In the postseason, 25. Well, you don't become an all-star by what you do in the postseason. You become an all-star. You become a superstar in the postseason, but you become an all-star in the regular season by putting up some big-time numbers. And, I mean, I would rather have a guy show up in the playoffs than show up throughout the regular season and in the playoffs come around and and he's missing an action. Totally agree. All right, Eddie, breaking news that they just sent me here, according to Sham Sharania. I know we haven't prepared this question for you, but the Suns apparently are hiring Frank Vogel. The uh, new head coach in Phoenix is Frank Vogel, who was ousted in L.A. by LeBron James, uh, according to many people. Um You know, Frank Vogel, listen, I know he coached in Orlando when they missed the playoffs, but he was pretty damn good in Indiana when they had Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert. Um, I think Vogel's a good coach. He's defensive-minded. What do you think this means for the Suns? Uh, Kevin Durant famously went on, I think it was Instagram or whatever, with Kyrie Irving was like, we don't need a coach back in Brooklyn. Just any initial thoughts when you hear Frank Vogel to Phoenix? I think that's good for Phoenix. That's a good hire for Phoenix. Uh, I thought Monty Williams would kind of unfairly let go. Uh, two time, uh, two, twice in four years, he was a uh, coach of the year, NBA coach of the year. But, you know, things happen. New ownership comes. They want to get their guys in, want to get their people in. And that's understandable. I think Frank Vogel is a great hire for them because you said it, the defense, he's a defensive-minded coach. They got enough offense over there. Their problem was getting stops when they needed to get stops. And so I think this is a, a really, really good hire. Um, I was thinking – Frank Vogel, if he didn't get a head coaching job, that he could possibly be the head uh, assistant, um, oh. the number one assistant over with the Celtics. But, you know, obviously that's that's not happening. But um, I think that's a really, really, really good hire, especially for guys like Devin Booker, uh, Kevin Durant. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with CP3, 
but at the end, and DeAndre Aiden as well. So I think that it, it's a great hire for the fact that it's a defensive-minded coach and they got plenty of offense over there. What do you, again, it just happened. So what do you think this means for DeAndre Ayton, who kind of fell out of favor, but Vogel has liked tall defensive centers going back to Hibbert, Anthony Davis. Remember, they picked up Dwight Howard for the run in the bubble. I think they had JaVale McGee on that Lakers team too. So Vogel likes his big rim protectors. Do you think there's a chance they keep Ayton? Well, I, I wouldn't give up. I, I wouldn't want to get rid of Aiden just for the reason that I mean, he's a walking double double. Wouldn't give you sixteen and twelve or sixteen and ten uh, on a career so far. So those are very good numbers. You just got to try to find a way to motivate him every night to bring that out. He has nights where he shows up. He has nights where he doesn't. And I mean, he's still young. So you know, to give up on a guy that's so young like that. And I think it was him and Monty had some kind of friction. It seemed like, and sometimes a, a new coach. Uh, is just like a, a, a new, is new scenery, right? It's just like having a new place that you're going to as far as a team because you do have a new coach, new philosophy. And now they both, they, they can learn. Vogel has to learn him. He has to learn Vogel. I, I just wouldn't give up on DeAndre. Too young. Um, speaking of giving up, this is a tough topic, Eddie, but this John Morant situation, some of the comments from mm. Adam Silver yesterday, I don't, I don't really know how to handle this, but when the commissioner comes out and says, yeah, we, we kind of know what we're doing with John Moran. We uncovered some more stuff, but we're not doing it until after the finals. We don't want to take the shine away from the finals. Some are taking this to mean this is, uh, this could be like a 50-game suspension, depending on what they uncovered. Um, you could argue John Morant embarrassed the league um, with his dog and pony show. I'm repentant. I'm cleaning up my act. I'm going to go away for, for a week and then try to come back so I could get to the All-NBA and make that money. I don't know, man. Your initial thoughts on John Moran. I don't know if you've talked to people around the league about this yet, but what's your sense of a suspension? I think it's going to be lengthy. Um, there's no way. And, and even though we're talking about it today, so we are taking some shine off. Uh, Commissioner Silver said he doesn't want to take shine off the NBA Finals, but he spoke on it and people are talking about it today. So it's taking a little bit of shine off of it. And I think that is an, another thing that, you can use when you're going back into it. It's like, hey, man, this is stuff that has been lingering throughout the finals. It hasn't just been about the NBA and the basketball. We've been talking about you and your and uh, holding a gun. And I think it's unfortunate uh, for him because now he's, you know, he's a role model, believe it or not. I mean, if he wants to believe it or not, like a lot of kids look up to him, a lot of youngsters. You got to give a shout out to Simba, the rapper, who, uh, who kind of sent a message out to him. Uh, and it, it was a solid message, uh, man. It, it was for real. And I, I think that, you know, John has to take a long look in the mirror and look at his surroundings. Whoever's around him, who's ever allowing this, who's ever recording this after this, they, they, they're they not your partner. They're not your friends because if they were, they will be making sure that you're not in a situation that you are in right now. They'll make sure they do everything to keep you out of those type of situations. So um, it's unfortunate uh, because this is he's super talented. I mean, he's box office. You're going to pay to see him. You're going to watch to see him play. He does amazing things on the basketball court. And he's young, man. That's the one thing. He's young, very, very young, getting a lot of money. We all make mistakes. I remember when I was that age, I made plenty of mistakes as well. But um, he has to learn from them. And he has to be sincere with, with, with what he's doing, like not just saying it and then go back and revert back to what you're doing. You got to really be looking to change because you you got generational wealth, man, and you're ready to, you're ready to trick it off for yeah. – you know, for for a, a gangster lifestyle, and you a hooper. He's a hooper, man. You so know, when you were screwing around, we could wrap up with this. When you were screwing around and and you know being a a young rich guy enjoying life, did any NBA player pull you aside and be like, "Yo, Eddie, clean it up, man"? 
Anybody do that? Oh, I'll tell you, it was Pat Riley that did that. He called me in his office one time and was telling me that I was, you know, I was kicking it too much. I was out in the clubs too much. I was hanging out, and he told me that he don't want to be known as that. So um, I'm calling you in here to to let you know, and that's why I, I owe everything my my 11 year career to that Miami Heat and organization and, and Pat Riley because without that, I'm not sure if I do 11. I, I'm not sure if I play 11 years. Um, it gave me a sense of professionalism, how to be a professional, how to carry myself as a professional, how to have a work ethic as a professional. So um, sometimes it's, it's, you know, getting with the right program, getting with the right organization and having the right mentorship. Uh, I, sorry, I got to ask another one now. So when Pat Riley calls you into your off, into his office, did you know what it was about? And instantly were you like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? No, I just knew it was something because he ain't calling you in your office for nothing. Uh, so I. And it, it was, you know, my first year or my second year. So I was relatively young and, uh, you know, to hear that, it was a, it was a shock. Damn. All right. You way know, to clean it up. Him, it, it, huh? I'm proud of you, man. You cleaned it up and you crushed it and you ended up winning a title. Like, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Eddie House, uh, NBA champion, NBA analyst here at Fox Sports. Enjoy the weekend, Eddie. All right. You too, man. Be safe. Good stuff from Eddie House. Pat, Pat Riley calls me into an office. I'm Probably a little nervous. All right, coming up next, John Lynch. Uh, Remember we talked about this guy yesterday? GM of the 49ers. He's got praise for more 49ers quarterbacks, but it wasn't who you'd expect this time. It's J-Mac in for Colin. It's The Herd here on FS1 and Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. And each week, we try to help turn our mental health issues into mental wealth. And we dive in with everyone from the world of sports and entertainment like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. So each week, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Jason McIntyre here on The Herd, in for Colin Cowherd. First hour nearly in the book. Second hour, we got Rick Buecher stopping by. Remember yesterday I was workshopping stuff with Rick Buecher? That was fun. We'll be doing more of that next hour. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to um, talk about an interesting topic. and We hammered this yesterday, the 49ers and John Lynch and his quarterback situation. So uh, a quick story and a brief one. So I had started this website, The Big Lead, and it was started to grow. Everything's going great. I'm bringing in the hiring. I'm doing all the everything. The P and L report, and then finally, we're starting to get acquired by a company. So they wanted to rent us with the option to buy. And at that point, they thought maybe we've got some uh, some leverage here over Jason. So they tried to push one of their guys on me. Hey, Jason, hire this guy. He's really good. I was like, whoa. Hold on, hold on. I, I'll be in charge of the hiring. I know what kind of guy I'm looking for to write about sports, to work, to grind. And I talked to their guy, and he's not really my kind of guy. And I wanted to bring in my own guys. And I ended up, you know, holding out and winning and winning, if you will. And that battle of push and pull, management, ownership, like it is difficult. And what's going on in San Francisco right now, folks, I'm telling you, there is something simmering beneath the surface. Listen to John Lynch this week on Sirius XM on Trey Lance, the guy they traded up for but never plays. We're extremely high on Trey. The great thing for Trey and for Sam Darnold that we brought in is, you know, with Brock off to the sideline, um, Brock had his first session throwing the other day and, and everything's tracking great, but those guys have got uh, the work in the off season and and they're both relishing that opportunity uh, really proud of Trey Trey came back off a off a broken and dislocated ankle and uh, he's out there had a has had a really really quality off season so we still remain very high on Trey I, I'm just befuddled what what are we doing why is he talking in May and June about his quarterback leader. Brock Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse. He just started throwing again. Oh, I'm really proud of Trey. He's coming off that nasty injury. It, it was gruesome. You could see the ankle bent the wrong way. And he, he's been great. Like, why are you doing this? Unnecessary problems heaped on young quarterbacks. Trey Lance, I, I'm, I'm looking here. He started four games in two years. They add Sam Darnold. Do you think they went and signed Sam Darnold for a reason? I think we had uh, Albert Breer on here yesterday. And like, dude, that was like one of their first moves in free agency. We got to bring in another quarterback. Why? What's going? I just I totally don't understand the need to all of a sudden reveal what's going on with your quarterbacks. By the way, have you heard a damn thing about what's going on with Zach Wilson in New York? Nope. All about Aaron Rodgers. We know he's a starter. You know, if you have the starter, fine, talk about him. If you don't know what you have, and the 49ers clearly do not, I wouldn't rule out Sam Darnold starting Week One. 
and Brock Purdy's maybe inactive if he's not ready coming back off the injury. But what if Trey Lance, folks? What if Trey Lance is, is not ready and he's inactive? It's getting messy in San Francisco. All right, coming up next hour on The Herd, Rick Buecher tells you if the Heat are done after game one, and I'll give you my 10 most improved NFL teams, and the Jets are not first. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.